doing today welcome to the uh whiskey and wonder halloween special yeah 2020 halloween yeah just extra spooky Ooh. um just to let everybody know what's going on we have blacked out uh the room we record in we got uh the jack-o'-lantern going we got some candles set the ambiance you yeah. know make it spooky nice and creepy it's oh yeah perfect uh we're gonna talk a little bit about some uh Spooky stuff today. Yeah. A little bit of spooky history. Yeah. Um, we've also got a, a good whiskey for you. Tried to relate it as best as possible to Halloween. Um, first and foremost, uh, let's just go ahead and talk about the Halloween scare, like horror event that I just lived through with the Braves. <laughs> oh my <laughs> God. Rest in pieces. I don't have much to say on it except that the Dodgers wanted it more than the Braves. This is true. That just flat out what happened. Yep. Uh, you're up three to one in the series. You should have pulled that out. I think there was some bad managing, and I think, uh, like I said, the Dodgers just wanted it more. Yep. Well, nah. we'll talk about baseball more again next season. Yep. So, well, this wasn't a real season anyway. No, it wasn't. I agree. I was going <laughs> to claim it if the Braves won, but, uh, you know, it's not a real season. It's an asterisk, guys. So, yep. Is what it is. But, all right. Well, tell us about this whiskey a little bit. Uh, all right. So, you also never said your name. Oh, well, I'm Tyler. I'm Megan. I think, hopefully, y'all know it by now. Hopefully, but. But for those new listeners. Yes. Um, Real quick, too, I feel like this would probably be a good spot to throw our Instagram in there. So, oh, we are yep. at Whiskey Podcast. On Instagram, uh, hit us an email. Hit us an email. <laughs> hit us up with your email at uh, whiskey Jesus and wonder at gmail.com. Send us stuff at whiskey and wonder at gmail.com. I just can't talk, guys. This is going to be a fun day. All right. That extra spookiness to it. Ooh. Um, so talk to us about this whiskey. All right. So I got us Midnight Moon American Whiskey. Um, and Midnight, Midnight Moon is actually a um, moonshine company. Uh, it's based out of a small distillery in Piedmont, North Carolina, um, that was run by Junior Johnson's family. I did know that the Junior Johnson... So there's a little bit of my redneck NASCAR self coming out. Um, Junior Johnson originally was a moonshiner. Yeah. And then ended up starting a moonshining company somehow. Yes. But what they make is like not real moonshine. It's legal moonshine. Yeah. Legal. Not the good stuff. No. Well, I've this never is... had it. I mean, you know. And there's the dogs. Every episode. Always playing. Oh. And <laughs> I just. You just... I, I just turned my head and hit the microphone, my uh, headphone. Um, uh, all right. So anyway. Um, so this is a whiskey moonshine, um, which I I don't even know how to how to feel about this. Um, really? Yeah. So. Uh, it's made of corn, rye, barley. Um, so perhaps from a bourbon mash bill, 
uh, and it's aged at least six months. Um, it's aggressively youthful with a bold punch of fresh wood and creamed corn on the nose. Uh, filtered through a load of freshly burnt charcoal. Um, we're supposed to be tasting candy-like butterscotch, peanut butter, brown sugar, brown butter. Um, and it's supposed to finish uh, with an ample woody um, short finish. So I was trying to wrangle in the dogs while she read that, but I heard creamed corn and um, nutty. Yep. What was the what was the other part with nutty? Uh, butterscotch. Butterscotch. Brown butter, brown sugar. I definitely I I took a whiff of it right before I started trying to wrangle in the dogs, and definitely can smell the. Um, it's almost like a honey, like a very yeah. sweet smell. Yeah, I definitely get like the candied smell they're going for. Yeah, that's about all I get. That and just alcohol. Yeah. It it, it smells like. Sweet rubbing alcohol, if I'm honest. Well, let's see what it tastes like. All right, down the hatch. Huh. It tastes more like... So one of the reviews I read said that it tastes more like a, vo a vodka. It was not sweet like I expected. No. It tastes more like a vodka to me. I definitely get the nutty. Yeah. Um, definitely. That's, uh, not what I was expecting. It burnt on my lips, to be mm -hmm. quite honest, but it went down smoother than I expected once, you know, when you, when it touched my lips, I thought it was going to go down rough with the burn, but it, it went down pretty smooth. Yeah. That's, it's, uh, interesting. It's interesting. We'll, uh, we'll give you our final verdict here at the end, but, um. Sure. Interesting. Well, all right. All right. Something for us to sip on. So... Would you like to scare me or would you like me to scare you first? I want you to scare me first. All right. I'm going to try. So I'm going to start by telling you how I came about these tales. Okay. Uh, they're kind of, whether or not it's true history or lore, you know, it's kind of, it's Halloween though. So it's fun to speculate. Anyway, uh, I was a dork when I was a kid. Still am a yeah, dork. Yeah, me too. But uh, I like trains, like. A lot. Yeah. Yeah. Trains so, are awesome. Trains are freaking so cool. Anyway, um, my mom used to scare the crap out of me by telling me these stories because they're they're both train related and it would terrify me. Oh, I've that's actually awesome. I've actually been to one of the places to not really to see the lore associated with it, but I just happened to be passing through and I stopped by, you know, just to see it. Oh, that's um, so cool. I yeah. I love trains. Some of my, I have some very good train stories. Really? Yes. Interesting. My very first ever experience was with alcohol was on a train. So. Oh, nice. <laughs> um, so, all right. The first one, and these are, these are honestly probably going to be kind of short, you know, maybe 10 minutes long each. Um, so if you had your hopes up for a long episode, this is going to kind of honestly be more like a bonus this episode. This is a bonus episode. This um, is our bonus Halloween episode. I'm sure we'll do a Christmas episode because Tyler loves Christmas. No, I actually hate everything about Christmas. I just like Christmas it, music. You like Christmas music, but yeah, you hate everything else. Pretty much. You are the weirdest person it, I know. I don't like what it does to people. It, okay. It makes them very assholeish, and I That's worked fair. too long in the service industry to... That's fair. Yeah. But you sing Christmas carols in July. 
Oh yeah. They've been playing for about a month now in my car. Not nonstop, but you know. Okay. Interesting. Well regularly. Anyway. Um learn something new every day. One one more thing I want to mention before we get started is um this episode is gonna be out of order. Yes. Uh, we're gonna go ahead and post it on Halloween. Yes, on um, Saturday, October thirty first, twenty twenty. AKA Halloween. <laughs> Shh. <laughs> Someone might not uh, know when Halloween is. <laughs> um, for our foreign listeners. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, this is going to be out of order. You can expect a regular uh, Monday episode as well. All right. So with that being said, let's get into it. I'm going to teach you today about the Mako light. And there goes my work phone. I thought I had silenced that, but I mean, not. it kind of like it, worked. I mean, it, <laughs> I said it as a train whistle, so go figure. Um, All right. But anyway, I don't know if you guys heard that. Anyway, so I'm going to tell you about the Mako light. So this is uh, a quote-unquote ghost light that okay. occurs near Mako Station, North Carolina. Um, and the, the lore and the legend with it is that uh, in the late 1800s, there was a gentleman named Joe Baldwin who was a train conductor uh, for the Wilmington and Manchester Railroad. He was on a train that was headed eastbound towards Wilmington uh-huh. late at night. And this, you know, 1800s, they didn't have electricity and light bulbs, really. They used lanterns. Yeah. And, you know, that was how they gave light signals. So he realized... As they were going, uh, you know, as his train was coming, he was in the caboose, which back in that day, that's what the conductor did. He rode in the caboose. Um, so as he's riding down the track, he takes a look out the front of the car. He's like, something, something doesn't feel right. And he looks out, and he's come uncoupled from the train. The train has just pulled off and left him. Oh, shit. Yep. That's a bad situation. Yeah. And anyway... Um, he knew there was a train following, you know, behind the line and this is just a single track, you know, in the 1800s, I'm sure they didn't have double tracks like they do now. But anyway, so he got out on his caboose and started waving his lantern back and forth, trying to signal to warn them, to warn the next train to stop. And unfortunately for him, the train engineer behind him did not see it and rammed his caboose. And oh. so Joe was killed instantly by oh, decapitation. Man. Oh, God. They never found his head. All right. Yep. So shortly thereafter, locals in the area, along with people who worked on the railroad, said they started seeing this mysterious light walking up and down the railroad tracks. They would see it at a distance, and it, the rumor was that it was Joe Baldwin's ghost back swinging his lantern, either trying to warn people or out looking for his head. Oh, that's terrifying. <laughs> that's so um, creepy. Yeah, that was, that was my favorite story as a kid. Um, honestly... Truth be told, everybody chalks it up to uh, swamp gas <laughs> or the refraction of lights from a highway. 
which it could be, but that's not really cool and yeah, fun that's not and scary. Fun. Um, supposedly, you could see um, you could see this light up until I'm trying to look at my notes here. I believe it was the 1970s. Like supposedly, it was that recent. Oh wow! Um, you know, if it really was lights refracting from a highway. They probably built a new road that goes through there. Um, yeah. A couple of oddball uh, trivia associated with this, and I don't think we're doing a trivia with Tyler since this is a bonus episode. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, President Grover Cleveland um, stopped his train in Mako in 1889 to try and see the light. Oh, God. He was very fascinated by this story, which is very interesting. Um, did he see it? It does not say. It did uh, not say. I, I hope he did. I'm going to go with he did. Uh, totally yeah, saw it. I, that would be so cool. Um, there's uh, multiple other ghost lights, ghost light, you know, lore around the country. But this, as best I can tell, was where it originated. And Joe Baldwin was actually uh, an actual person. Um, So it sounds that died in a train wreck. So so sounds like it's got some truth Some truth in it, if not all the truth in it. (laughs) Sorry. Um, So let's get to my second one, which, again, train-related. And this is the one I've never been to uh, to see the Mako light. I wanted to go, but again, it kind of stopped in the seventies. Um, but I always did want to go as a kid. And they've actually ripped up the railroad tracks. Oh there, no! It's no longer a railroad track. So poor Joe is—he's just lost looking for his head for he, forever. Maybe he found it. Maybe that's why he stopped. Okay, it just took him. Yeah, it took him a hundred years, but <laughs> you know, good job, Joe. <laughs> I mean, anyway. it'd be hard to find your head without eyes. I feel like it would be easier. Your eyes can see where your head's at. Oh. But how would uh, how would it get to your body? How would the message? That's the thing. Yeah. I don't know. That's very interesting. Oh, it took him 100 years, but... He got there, hopefully. Yep. We're going to assume. <laughs> All right. So the next one I'm going to tell you about is the wreck of the old 97. This is the one I've been there. All right. All right. So I got to set a little background information for you first. So... Um, the Southern Railway mail train, officially known as the Fast Mail, it also happened to be train number 97, hence the wreck of the old 97. Okay. Um, it was, it was never late, never. Um, and so one night, uh, late September, 1903, Matter of fact, it's September 27th, 1903. I see in my notes here. Um, it was leaving... Hi, Nay. It was leaving D.C. It mm-hmm. ran from D.C. to, I believe, Atlanta every night. And um, it became way behind schedule. Um, it stopped in Monroe, Virginia mm-hmm. to refuel. This is back 1903 steam engine, so they had to... Add coal and water and whatnot. Um, so I believe they stopped 
and swapped engineers and conductor and crew and whatnot um, at this stop. And 33-year-old, and this is the weirdest thing to me, Joseph A., quote-unquote, Steve Brody, (laughs) became the engineer. Why the hell did he call himself Steve? I don't know. All right. I don't know. Okay. (laughs) Like I said, weird. Anyway, um, the locomotive was Southern Railway 1102. It was a 460 engine, which for any of you not trained dorks, um, it means it has four small wheels in the front, six large wheels, uh, four small wheels in the front, two on each side, six in the middle, very large wheels, three on each side, and then none in the back. Um, He took controls of the locomotive, which was less than a year old, by the way, and rolled out of Monroe, Virginia, approximately two hours behind. Um, He was instructed to get the fast mail to Spencer, North Carolina, just a few short miles up the road from where we're at right now, which used to be the capital and the headquarters of the Southern uh, Railway, which actually... Trivia with Tyler. Here we go. <laughs> uh, Spencer is named after Samuel Spencer, who was the president of the Southern Railroad. So All right. There's your trivia. Um, cool. We got our little trivia Im- Impromptu in. trivia with Tyler. Um, so he was instructed to get it there on time. Uh, the scheduled running time was four hours and 15 minutes with an average speed of approximately 39 miles an hour. That's super fast. And uh, to make up the delay, uh, he needed to travel at an average speed of 51 miles an hour. That's a lot faster. Mm-hmm. And he was ordered to maintain speed through uh, Franklin Junction, um, an immediate stop that was normally made. So he was ordered to book it, essentially. Okay. <gasps> I know this story. Sorry. You know this story? <laughs> I know this story. Oh, it just clicked. Oh, right. it's so good, though. Okay. So, so um, he ended up... Uh, the route from Monroe, Virginia to Spencer goes through um, Danville, Virginia, um, and it crossed the Stillhouse trestle, which was a 45-foot-high trestle on a sharp curve. Um, you know, and there are signs on the railroad, slow down, watch your speed, trestle ahead, and because of the prestige of this train and the orders to maintain for whatever reason steve that's the dumbest (laughs) dumbest thing (laughs) to call him steve but um hit this believe he hit it at going i've heard multiple like some say it was like 55 some say it was as fast as 70 miles an hour um but i consistently found 50 so i'm gonna go with that okay he hit the the trestle going 50. The speed you're supposed to take is 30 to 35. Yep. Um, so. Here's a lesson in physics. Yep. <laughs> Something that heavy going that fast, needing to make a sharp turn, it's going to go straight, <laughs> which is what the train did. It went straight. That's pretty good. 45 feet down. Um, uh, so there were 11 
11 men on, uh, who died. Uh, nine were killed on impact immediately, and seven folks were injured. Uh, the conductor, engineer, and flagman were all killed. Um, so I'll explain for those that don't know how a how a steam locomotive works. You've got the engineer who's responsible for driving the train. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got there's a bunch of switches and controls on a steam locomotive. He's in charge of. Then you've got firemen who keep the fire going because it's a steam engine. You need a fire. You've got the conductor who makes sure the freight cars get to where they need to go. And then you've got the flagman. And this time they were either either the conductor rode with the flagman in the back in the caboose or in the locomotive with the engine, uh, with the engineer. Um, so the flagman was killed. So the rear of the train guy and the conductor and the engineer. So it was just a bloodbath. Um, They recovered the bodies of the two firemen, um, but they were mangled so badly and so badly burnt that they were unrecognizable. Um, Many people that survived the wreck believed that they uh, did survive because they jumped right before the train dove off the, jumped off the trestle. Um, there were three male clerks who survived and, and the express messenger, which sounds like such a cool job to have. I'm the express messenger, (laughs) you know, like I'm important. Yeah. Anyway, um, side note. (laughs) So all three of the guys, uh, let's see, it's Thompson, Harris, and it does not say what the express messenger's name was. Or, I guess he wasn't that important. I guess not. They all immediately resigned after oh, yeah. this. Uh, two other survivors didn't resign, but they transferred to new departments. Um, so that that is a very uh, creepy tale. And supposedly, this is the lore that gets into it. Supposedly, if you go on September 27th, you can see the ghost of the train come down the line, hit the trestle, jump it, and crash below. And obviously, I failed to mention this, but you know, I feel like anybody could have put it together. You, since you got a steam engine with a lot of fire, you know, there was a huge fire. That's the reason their bodies were, were mangled. They couldn't recognize them. They burnt up. Um, so just a little bit more about the... Um, lore and pop culture relation of the song um uh relation of the song <laughs> i just really screwed that all up there was a song written about this um called the wreck of the old 97 it was written by uh gb grayson and henry witter um and so it became uh it went on to be recorded by a lot of people yeah. Like, um I would say the most famous being Johnny Cash. Um also Boxcar Willie. Which that goes hand in hand. Apparently John Mellencamp too. Um I just saw found that in my notes as well. Um but yeah, that's pretty much the lore of Wreck of the Old ninety seven. I have been to Danville and I've seen the trestle. Yeah. Um I don't think it's in, in use anymore. 
um, if memory serves. But I think this um, this line from the song pretty much sums it up. Um, well, they handed him his orders in Monroe, Virginia, saying, Steve, you're way behind time. This is not 38. It's old 97. You must put her in dispenser on time. Which, by the way, they rhyme time with time. <laughs> I don't like that, but I'll allow it to slide. It's a Johnny Cash song. Let it happen. Um, yes. So those are my two. Those were my favorite favorite ghost stories as a kid. Because All right. they involved trains. All right. Those are pretty cool. Um, that's actually quite interesting. And now I'm going to turn my computer screen off so that it gets even darker in here. Ooh. <laughs> As I turn my flashlight on so I can read the notes. But it's by flashlight, so, you know. Um, you want to read it by uh, candlelight or I, we can move one of the candles closer. I don't think I have the ah. eyesight to be able to do that. I'm old. Fair enough. Me too. All right. Scare my pants off. Well, so when we talked about doing this, we talked about doing like local ghost stories like we grew up with and everything. And there's so many like awesome ghost stories in Colorado that I was having a really hard time narrowing it down. Um, every year, uh, like my mom would take me up to the mountains and we would like go and do like ghost town tours and like all sorts of awesome, really cool shit. See, that's, that is so cool because that's not something we have here. Yeah. You know, you've got ghost towns, which, uh, explain what they are out there. Cause you've explained them to me before. So, um, like one of my favorite ghost towns is called Holy Cross. And to get to Holy Cross, you actually have to have a four-wheel capable Jeep. And I don't mean like a stock Jeep with four-wheel drive. You have to have like a monster truck Jeep. Um, you can't hike there. You can't like ATV there. Um, you have to have a really souped up vehicle to be able to get there and rock crawl to it. Okay. And I just, I want to interject for one minute and ask one question then. Yes. How did the pioneers or the people that settled there get there? Yeah, could you do it on like horseback? I mean, the like weather and everything has eroded everything so much uh, that the road like gotcha, is the all trail there's gone. Yeah, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So, um, I was thinking like the pioneers were using like rock crawler jeeps. <laughs> <laughs> that makes the Oregon Trail a little better. <laughs> it would be a lot more fun. All right, continue. Um, but so you go up and you get to the top of Holy Cross, and it's just abandoned buildings like just in the middle of the mountains it's beautiful and there's just like log log cabins just abandoned are we talking like your stereotypical 1800s early 1900 style buildings yeah oh that's what i'm picturing in my head that's so yeah. cool like a church with a steeple like a yeah. small oh that's so cool yeah there's all sorts of really cool things i've seen being able to rock crawl and stuff. So yeah, always going to the ghost towns was one of the most fun. Like there's an abandoned mine, um, called, Oh shit. I'm going to fuck it up. I think it's iron cross, but I think it's just cause I said, Holy cross. I'm saying that it's iron something. Iron something. It might be. I iron. would look it up, but I turned my monitor off and I'll, I'll figure it out. Oh wait, I have my phone. <laughs> oh. Um, iron something and it's abandoned mine in Colorado. Um, and, you get up there 
and it's like a gorgeous field of like wildflowers, but there's like the mine shaft and it's been caved in. And then there's like the building that the mine shaft was attached to. And then there's like a couple houses where the miners lived and it's just, it's really cool. Um, awesome place to check out if you have the ability to. I did find uh, an Iron Cross load claim in Jefferson, Colorado. Jefferson, that might be it. Jefferson County. Yeah, maybe that's it. That might be it. I might have to ask my dad. Yeah. No, for sure. But anyway. Shout out to Pops. Yeah. I know you listen. Yes, he does. <laughs> anyway. Hi, Dad. Um, okay. So finally what I decided, instead of telling you like urban legends from Colorado, I'm going to tell you some real Honest to God, scary shit that happened to my family. Oh, no. Don't don't hit me with real stuff. It's real. Oh, I'm going to get scared, guys. <laughs> I'm a big chicken, honestly. Um, so I have some stories from my dad and from my mom. Um, and then I want to talk a little bit about the psychology of being scared. Oh, cool. Like why we enjoy being scared after it happens. Okay. Not necessarily in the moment. Okay. Um, so when I first called my dad and was talking about this, trying to get him to tell me these stories, he literally changed the subject. <laughs> oh, damn. <laughs> and like, so your dad's got a sneak peek on what's coming this episode. Yeah. Okay. Um, and finally I was able to like wheel him back in like, dad, no, I like, I need to get some stories from you. Um, so my dad was a trucker for majority of my childhood, um, drove 18 wheelers. Um, and one of the very first scary stories he ever told me, um, was he was delivering, um, equipment in his truck and he was downtown and he was parked at a red light and this crazy guy opened his cab and got in and started demanding my dad to drive him somewhere. Like just off the street, got in. I completely misinterpreted what you meant. <laughs> What did you go? I thought you watched your dad open. Uh, I thought you said your dad watched a cab driver get out of his car, open the door to the back seat, and climb in the back of his cab, like, take me somewhere. That would be hysterical. I got you. His cab of his cab truck. Cab of his so truck. So this guy just climbed in the cab of your dad's truck. Yes, gotcha. cab of my dad's truck. And my dad said, like, he was terrified at the moment, like, because this dude was obviously insane. Um, And so my dad... He had originally tried to drive off, but the guy got in as the truck was moving. Yeah. And my dad, he went like ballistic psycho on this guy. Like turned into like a rampaging trucker, like threatening to kill him and beat his ass and blah, blah, blah. Trying to get this dude to get out of his truck. Yeah. Um, but ever since then, my dad will lock his doors anytime yeah. he's driving. I, I don't blame him. People yeah. are crazy. Yeah. That's what happened with the guy. He got out of his truck and ran off. Yeah. Yeah. So that's people. Oh God. Yeah. People are so weird. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, and this was a, uh, now the other story he told me is a Jeep trip that I was not a part of. Um, I don't know when this happened. might've been when I had already moved out here. Um, that he was rock crawling um, in a place called Pritchard Canyon. Um, so he would consider Pritchard Canyon to be the hardest trail in Colorado. It's the hardest trail that he's ever done. Okay. 
Um, and he said you would get on one obstacle and get off it. And then immediately there would be another obstacle. Well, he got to one where he thought he was going to die. Um, that's serious. Yes. He was sure he was going to die. Um, he never, ever go rock crawling alone. Anyone who's listening, because the reason he had people with him. So he was able to get out and probably save his life. Um, but, Damn. so he was driving on the side of the mountain basically. And the Jeep was going to fall off the mountain and it took the people who were with him had to tie ropes onto the roll cage and onto the stinger in the front of the Jeep. So we have a stinger on the Jeep that if you go forward, instead of flipping over, you'll fall to the side. Gotcha. So it's like a giant bee stinger looking thing. Yeah. Kind of like a snowplow or something. Not, not, <laughs> not like the snowplow. I think I'm thinking of like the triangular shaped snowplow. So you yeah. fall to one side. Yes. Yes. A lot like that. Not, yeah. Not like the blade one. No. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So they had to tie ropes on the stinger and on this roll cage. And these guys had to like pull him as he drove to get him off the obstacle. So it sounds like there were people in front of and behind him. Uh, yes. So how, what happened? What was the difference between the car in front of him and the car and his car? His I, Jeep? I don't know if it was just, he took a bad path. Mm. Um, I don't know what the difference really was. Wow. Um, That's intense. Yeah. So um, I know he'll never go back to Pritchard Canyon again. And said yeah. that was terrifying. Yeah, no, I, I, oh, I'm terrified of heights. That would, that would scare me shitless. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> I just imagined it in my head. Mm-mm. My palms are sweaty, y'all. <laughs> All right. Um, and the final heat, the final story that I'll talk to you about is why he no longer will go to haunted houses. Um, growing up, he would always do haunted houses with, with me and my sister. Yeah. Uh, there's a haunted house off 104th and Wadsworth for anyone who lives in Denver. Um, and it's called the Frightmare Compound. And apparently I was there for this and my sister was there for this, but I don't remember this at all. Like this is just a black spot in my memory. So I don't know. I don't know. Um, but the Frightmare Compound had a portion where there was a dude with a chainsaw. And my dad literally thought he was having a heart attack um, and wouldn't go back, like hasn't wanted to do any heart sort of scary really? haunted house stuff since. Wow. I was probably about 14 or 15 during this. Wow. That's, I mean, I, you literally can get scared to death like that. That's, yeah. That's a terrifying way to go. Yeah. Um, so I had a question. But it's just left my left my noggin. Um, so continue. I guess <laughs> I, if it comes back, I'll. It was something uh, something related to to what you were talking about. But I'll I'll remember it later. All right. Yeah, Watch. So I'll remember it after we stop recording. You can text it to me, and we can yeah sidebar it. Um. So, in the moment of all these things, they were. Awful and terrifying. But now they're stories that he can look back on and tell. And like, they're just part of his history now. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, kind of the old adage. How do you get to be old and wise if you're not young and crazy? Exactly. You know, exactly. Um, he also 
Well, he told me a story that he didn't want me to tell you guys about him being bullied as a kid, which I will respect his wishes and not talk about it, but it definitely opened my eyes to his personality a little bit and why he is the way he is. So yeah. just shout out to my dad. You're a tough dude. I love you. Yeah, man. Tough guy, it sounds like. Yes. Um, so for my mom's stories, um, my mom is hippy dippy. She's where I get a lot of my lefty personality. <laughs> I don't know if you guys heard me kind of snort and laugh before she finished <laughs> that. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to, but it it's was okay. just right into the microphone. <laughs> um, so my mom was born in 1960. So she was a teenager in the seventies. So she was all about the free love and wild and crazy. And the, some of the stories she's told me from her childhood are terrifying. Which you can learn more about if you go listen to the, I think it was the second episode where we explored the generations. Yes. Learn a little bit more about the hippie movement. Yes. Yes. Sorry. That was a shameless plug. Uh, the, American Generations of the West, or Generations, generations of the West. Generations of the West, yeah. yeah. Episode number two. <clears throat> um, so, growing up, um, I, I'm sure like everyone else was always told, you don't open the door for strangers, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, of course. Well, my mom, when she was a kid, um, my mom and her sister are 13 years apart like me and my sister are. So she was home alone with her mom. And uh, so she was home alone with her mom and there was a knock at the door and there was a guy who claimed to be delivering a package for her sister. And she opened the door because how else would this person know her sister's name if it wasn't someone there for her sister? And it was these two dudes who shoved past my mom and broke in and tied up my grandma and my mom and like ransacked their house and like stole all sorts of shit and just ter terrifying, terrifying shit. Jesus, that sounds terrible. Yeah. And she was how old? I'm sorry. She was young. I think she was between seven and nine. Um, okay. So young, young enough to definitely be traumatized for sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Without a doubt. So what did they end up doing? Um, so they ended up leaving and, um, after they stolen like heirlooms and jewelry and stuff that had been in the family for generations and, um, they were never caught and the police never did find them or catch them or anything like that. So. Somewhere out there at a thrift store, there might be some of my old family heirlooms. So if you have those, you enjoy them. That. So I don't know if you have any more tales. Um, but one I've noticed one thing about yours. If if train trains was the common denominator in my tales, I think yours is that uh, it's like people, how dangerous they can be. Yes. Yes. And that that is definitely that is a common denominator in my last two stories as well. So, yeah. All right. Well, bring them on. All right. Um, so when my mom had my uh, sister um, in the early 80s, uh, my sister was home with strep throat. 
And my mom apparently didn't learn her lesson as a kid about locking the door. (laughs) (laughs) Because this old man, like, just walked into their house. um, And he was going on and on about how my mom was his daughter. And, like, he thought he was just he thought she was just messing with him. Like she was playing a practical joke. And what the fuck kind of people do y'all have out in Colorado? <laughs> they also lived in a not great neighborhood. All right. But yeah, that, I mean, yeah, that explains it. Cause that's twice now you've had some crazy three times out of your stories. You've had some crazy ass people. Not done yet, but yeah, Oh Lord, <laughs> there's, there's one more story. I will, Tell you, and it's a story that uh, has traumatized me to this day. Yeah. Oh, um, it sounds like you saved the best for last. I did. Oh boy. Um. But anyway, so a guy with Alzheimer's back in the eighties, it wasn't as well known of a disease as it is now. So my mom thought it was just this this crazy old guy coming. She didn't know what he was going to do to her, my sister, especially if my mom pissed him off. Um. And finally, she was able to get him to leave, but. It was scary. Yeah, I'm sure that's... Yeah, I'd probably shoot first and ask questions later. Somebody came into my house. Yeah. But... So, scary yeah, stuff. that's intense. All right, let's 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 hear this. All right. So, my final story is from uh, my mom when she was 14 or 15... Um, And she was with Randy, who was her boyfriend, who was 21 years old. And how old was you? Wait, you said your mom was 14? 14 or 15. And her boyfriend was 21. Pitfall. Well, that's what I said. And my mom was like, oh, but he was such a nice guy and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, Pitfall. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry, Megan's mom. Uh, If you're 21 and with a kid, you. Whoa. Whoa. I'm sorry. Oh, got a cough. (laughs) Whiskey gave me a cough. Yeah. One of those pedophile coughs. Mm, pedophile. Mm. So, <laughs> but that's a whole nother thing that we could get into. Um, but I'm going to tell you instead, one of their things they would do is they would go cruising in his black Volkswagen Beetle. And they would go have like picnics in the mountains and all sorts of fun stuff. So... They were coming back home from a picnic, um, and on the side of the road, there was a white station wagon with wood paneling. Um, There was a woman in the front of it, and she had the hood up, and she was trying to flag them down, um, trying to get them to come help her. And Randy was apparently a super nice pedophile, and he always wanted to, like, help people and give them the shirt off his back and all that fun stuff. So he started to pull over and get out to help um, this woman in her station wagon that broke down when he and my mom looked over and out of the corner of their eye, they saw down the way two men with shotguns were running down the mountain, like running Peeling out. Yep. Running after them. And so Randy, and my mom, that hop- sounds like a Bonnie and Clyde setup. something. Yeah. Um, so they, uh, these two men were running with shotguns down the mountain trying to, I don't know if they were going to rob them or what they were going to do. Um, but Randy, according to my mom, was a very good driver. Um, and they hopped back in the Beetle um, and they booked it. And this white station wagon with this woman and these two guys chased them. 
And um, fucking people. Yep. Apparently, a little while um, after they finally lost him, um, they called the Douglas County Sheriff's Office, who thanked them, said they were going to look into it. And then my mom never heard anything about it again. I uh, they probably dipped out and left town. Yeah. That's your pet. Oh God. Y'all <laughs> y'all people in Colorado. Don't y'all stay out there. And remind <laughs> me to never move to Colorado. That's, a Jeez. lot of people should leave Colorado. Like all the It sounds like it. <laughs> if I'm honest. Um so I did remember what I wanted to bring up. It wasn't a question. It was, well, it was a question, but it was more, I wanted to bring it up with a question. Um, you mentioned your dad almost having a heart attack in the, um, haunted house. Mm -hmm. Have you heard about the, the guy that does the, it's not even so much a haunted house. It's like a house. If you survive it for so long, he'll give you, it's like 10 grand. Yes. You have to sign a waiver and they, yes. And they torture you. They basically torture. Oh my, he's been kicked out of like seven cities where they were like, you can't do that here anymore. Yeah. He'll literally like break your bones and oh, it's horrible. Yeah. I I honestly think there's like actual rape that happens in there. Oh, I'm sure. That's, that's terrifying. No, it is just a sicko who is. Using this get, to get his rocks off. Yeah, that's he sounds like he's one step away from being a serial killer. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I would agree with that. I forgot that's, his name and what the place is yeah, called. Yeah, same here, but I, but I no, thought about it. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. It was, I think, last Halloween. I like watched, I don't know if it was a documentary or like a YouTube. Yeah, there was a YouTube thing on it. Yeah, because yeah. I, I heard about it on the radio and I went and watched the same thing. And that's and just absolute psychopath. I I mean, he's never said they won't let the cameras in or anything like that yeah. and he's never said he's like I've never broken any laws and I make everybody sign a waiver, but I swear like No, he's I'm sure with like, some of the footage I saw of like people in it, like especially women, the way they were crying and I'm like this dude like just raping bad, people. Bad like, shit is happening. Yeah, that's yeah. not something I would subject myself to willingly. No. No, I don't care if you're going to give me $10,000. Hell no. $10,000 ain't worth that. No, there's something something bad going on mm. there. Well, I have taken away from your stories that I already don't trust people. And guess what? I don't trust people anymore. Of Wait, I don't know how to say what I'm trying to say. <laughs> you still don't trust people. I don't trust people even more so. Yep. You know? So, yep. um, so to this day. you scare me. To this day, I might be a bitch. But if I see anyone like pulled over on the side of the road, if they need help, if anyone's trying to flag anyone down, I don't stop. I don't blame you. Like one bit. That traumatized me. Uh, I just no. I I don't even give rides to people. That's like hitchhikers. Nope. No. Too many. No, that's um, how you get killed. Yeah, I was about to say what was uh uh I listened to a podcast on one of the killers. It was actually a time suck, and uh, I don't remember who, but that was how he did it. He would, like, hitchhike. Hitchhike. I think it was maybe as Ed Kemper killing college co-eds. I think, he, I think that's how he would do it. But, um, all right, yeah, so let's talk a little bit more about this whiskey since we've got the spooky stuff out of the way. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm going to be 100% honest with you guys. Um, I have I had the initial sip, and it was just a sip, and then I've had... Two more sips since then, um, and that's probably all I'm going to drink of it because I have not had much to eat today, and I have 
somewhere I have to go shortly. So do not drink and drive. I am not going to drink and drive. I just took a taste and it's going to stay in the glass or if Megan wants it, she's welcome to it. <laughs> um, but I will say I overall, uh, uh, I need one more just like little tiny just to get a conclusion off of it. This to me is like a super just average taste. To me, it's not bad. It's not good. It's just middle of the line. Uh, see, you're, you're saying something very similar to what I want to say, but not quite the same. It's bland. Yeah. It's bland. It's not exciting and it's not bad. It's just, just I, uh, yeah. Yeah. It's eh. I'd give it a four and a half, maybe a five yeah. out of 10. Yeah. I'd say like a four. It's just a. The, it, 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 I mean, this is, it's like the Mendoza line of, of whiskey. That's what I would call it. Yeah. And for anybody that doesn't know what the Mendoza line is, I don't remember what his first name was, but there was a player, uh, a baseball player uh, who his last name was Mendoza and his career batting average was 200. And so it's become known as the Mendoza line because if you're worse than that, you're terrible. And if you're, that's like the average. If you're better yeah. than that, you're good. So I yeah. would put this as like the Mendoza line of whiskeys. It's yeah. it's not bad, but it's not good. It's nothing special. Yeah. It's something that I could, I could easily see this just being used as a mixer. Yeah, absolutely. That's what I was thinking too. It's not something I would go to my cabinet and say, I want this whiskey. It's like, no. oh, I'm going to make whiskey sours. Let me throw this in there. Yeah. This is something I would use as a ingredient. I would use this mm-hmm. in whiskey sours or if I was experimenting with something. I'm not going to sit here and drink it neat. Yeah, I would agree. I wonder I would like to do something. I just I just had a thought for the podcast is we've drank all these neat. I would like to do just straight out of the bottle, no water, no nothing. Excuse me. I've heard that a couple droplets of water mm-hmm. can help release the flavor and so on. So I would like to go um, back at some point, maybe maybe not have a Maybe this could be like the bonus Christmas episode or something where we go back and retaste you, ones we've already had. Ones we've but already like, had, but with a little splash of water or oh, with a cube of ice or something like that. That's not a bad idea. We can we can think on that down the road. You guys yeah. keep your ears posted for an episode like that as, yeah. as another bonus. Um. So um. Yeah, I think I think that'll about wrap it up for us this week. Oh. This is going to be a fairly shorter episode um i've got my screen shut down so i can't really see how long it's been but um you know we're gonna have we're gonna upload this on halloween we're gonna have a regular monday episode after that yep so yeah you guys anything else um i have just some quick uh psychology on oh, why that's right i forgot all about that i'm sorry that's i was okay. wrapping things up Uh, Quick psychology on why we enjoy being scared. And I won't go heavy into this because we could easily spend an entire episode on the psychology of fear. Um, But there are five reasons why humans enjoy being scared. The first is the safety net. Um, So we enjoy being scared if we know we're in a controlled setting. 
So, so essentially like, uh, uh, when you go to a haunted house or you go do a, um, corn maze or something with scary. Yeah. yeah or even, um, even like watching a horror movie or something, you know, you aren't actually in danger. And so that makes it more enjoyable. You can enjoy the release of all the drugs that your brain releases while knowing that deep down you're, you're okay. Safe. Yeah. I find that very, very interesting because I don't like being scared at all. And there are some people that do not. I, I don't watch horror movies. I don't go to like haunted houses or stuff like that because I don't enjoy it. I don't like that. There are some people who hate being scared. So that, yeah, I find that very interesting, but continue. Number two. Number two is called the flood. So the flood is the adrenaline, endorphins, and dopamine that release when you're scared. Um, so the flood combined with the safety net gives you this this feeling of relief, and it's like taking a hit of a drug. Interesting. Number three is self-satisfaction. So people like to push the envelope. Um, you know you can make this through this thing and you're going to survive it. So you're doing it to tell yourself you can. So making it to the end of the haunted house, finishing the scary movie, finishing the scary video game. Sort of like testing yourself. Yes. And yeah. Seeing your, you're your pushing abilities. your limits, yeah. seeing what you can get away with. Yeah. And I think that's common. Not I, That one's very interesting to me as well, because you think about like extreme sports, like skydiving and stuff like mm -hmm. that. It's a different kind of scared. It's like you're putting yeah. yourself in life or death situation in a different manner. Yeah. Interesting. Um, number four is closeness with others. Um, humans always enjoy bonding with others through combined endurance. That also includes uh, combined experiences. That's why people tend to go to haunted houses with more than one person. They go to scary movies as a group of people. Um, they like you like that feeling of being in a group of someone and sharing that same experience. Mm -hmm. um, well, it makes sense. We're pack animals. Exactly. Some of us. <laughs> <laughs> um, and number five is curiosity. So humans like things to make sense. We like to fit everything into a nice little box with a bow on top. Um, and, taking a look at things that don't make sense, like ghosts and supernatural, it it activates that part of our mind that wants to figure out why it doesn't make sense. Like, how can this fit into the box? Um, like our, I don't want to say our curiosity nerve, but something similar. Close, yeah. Yeah. Um, so Freud, who I have so many issues with Freud, but it wouldn't be fair not to mention him here. Um, Freud's theory of a death drive. Um, Freud feels that humans have a preoccupation with death. Um, and, you know, what comes after death? What is death like? Blah, 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 blah. And that's why he thinks that we have this fascination with being scared and experiencing things that gets our blood pumping. Because we want that closeness to death without actually touching it. That sounds kind of similar to the first thing, or maybe not the first thing, but one of the other things. I don't remember which one. Um, essentially, you're getting close to death without yeah. being in actual that, danger. That safety net. Yeah, the safety net one. Um, 
I find that very interesting. I don't agree with the second part necessarily. Um, like I said, I'm I'm one of those people that doesn't like to be scared, but I do agree with the first part. You know that we're obsessed with death mm-hmm. um, because realistically, it's the only guaranteed thing in life. That is true. So, you know, it makes and maybe not so much nowadays, but especially back in before we had the luxuries of modern life and survival was an actual struggle. You know, that, I mean, that was why you did everything you did was to survive, to not die. Yeah. I think a lot of times people forget that the meaning of survive is not die. So, you know, that's a interesting, you know, that's kind of my perspective on it and my take interesting that, Freud thought we had an obsession with dying because I kind of think the same thing. I kind of feel like everything we do is to better ourselves. And in society now, like to better ourselves, um, to put us at less of a risk of dying, for lack of a better term, you know. Yeah. That's a very, I love psychology. I really, I really like learning why we do things the way we do. Um. I'm sure we will have many psychology topics discussed on this podcast. Oh, yes. I'm thinking of some already off the top of my head. Um, But, all right. Well, I reckon that about does it. Do you have anything else you wanted to Um, get on out of there? Have a happy Halloween. Uh, Stay safe. Yeah, don't forget to put the razor blades in the candy. I mean, (laughs) put candy out for the kids. Stay safe and stay smart and leave black animals alone. Hey, Navy is a black animal. Exactly. Leave her alone. Bo's partially black. (laughs) He's black, white, and brown. Most importantly, don't drink and drive. Absolutely. All right, guys. This has been the Halloween bonus episode. Whiskey and Wonder. Yep. Cheers.